Hello, welcome to another episode of the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm host Jason Meeker. I'm also the executive producer of Successful Farming Television, which airs on RFD TV on Thursday nights and Sunday nights. Really excited about today's show. Recently, Dave Moitz, who's the co-host of the Successful Farming Television show and is also the machinery editor for Successful Farming Magazine, Dave and I traveled to Omaha to visit Patrick Gosh, the founder and CEO of Rural Media Group. Rural Media Group includes such titles as RFD TV, Rural Radio on Sirius XM, RFD TV the magazine, and soon to be the Cowboy Channel. Patrick grew up on a farm. He's very plugged into rural issues. As you'll hear in the interview, we talk about some of the issues facing rural America, connecting rural and urban audiences, and also some of the issues facing independent television, as well as the story of the founding of the network, RFD TV, and some of the struggles and some of the successes along the way that, uh, that Patrick experienced. So without any further delay, let's hear Dave and Patrick. I'm Dave Moitz with Successful Farming Magazine, Successful Farming Television. Today, we have a great opportunity to talk to Patrick Gosh. Now, if you don't recognize Patrick, you probably recognize the media giant that he created and founded way back in 2000. This is the Rural Media Group. Now, the Rural Media Group is a variety of media outlets, uh, information, and news services that reach 100 million homes. Now, as I mentioned before... If you're not familiar with Rural Media Group, you certainly will recognize its flagship, and that was RFD-TV. This is the nation's first 24-hour television network, which focuses on agribusiness, equine, and rural lifestyles. Now, in addition to that, Patrick has also founded other media outlets that include uh, Family Net Television, Rural Radio, and Sirius XM. He has RFD-TV, the magazine, the American, which is the world's richest one-day rodeo. Uh, Patrick, what a lot of people may not realize from the founder of RFD-TV, hear all about media. You started out as a farm kid. Your dad had a feedlot not too far from where we're holding this interview. Right, small farm uh, right outside Omaha in Elkhorn, Nebraska. And really everything that we do uh, uh, has grown out of uh, growing up on that small family farm. Uh, traded a few commodities, uh, uh, raised cattle, raised hogs, uh, corn and soybeans, a little hay. And just, um, you know, I love agriculture. And unfortunately, I, I went broke in it. And uh, had to, my dad told me to go find another job <laughs> uh, in town and wound up uh, selling satellite dishes. But everything grew out of, uh, I think, RFT TV in many ways. And, and rural radio is a reflection of of growing up on that on that family farm. So were you a victim of the 1980s Ag Depression? Was that what brought you down? Yeah, I was a victim of my own stupidity. <laughs> but, uh, 22% interest rates and, and the Carter grain embargo. And, yes, okay. And those things uh, contributed, yes. Certainly. Well, that's understandable. We've all felt the pain of, of those periods in time. But, however, your brother Mickey still farms. Yeah, he's the, he's the lucky one in the family. Uh, he hit the good cycles and hit some good years, and he's doing real well. He's, he farms uh, a lot of my uncle's land, and, and uh, um, he's a great guy. And, and 
he lets me uh, ride around in the tractor or the combine uh, every spring and fall. Doesn't let you drive it? Uh, yeah, he would if if uh, if it ever came to I, that. I'd be uncomfortable driving it right now, quite frankly. Uh, equipment's so darn big. Right. Well, you know, it's kind of surprising. As large a media group as the rural media group is, we're kind of actually sitting at the corporate headquarters here, which is your offices, which are in Elkhorn, Nebraska. Yeah, I'm, I'm a private guy, and, and all the ideas for uh, the television network, the radio network, uh, the theater, uh, really originated out of this cabin. Uh, I answer my own phone. I answer all my own emails. Just a straight-up guy. You're much like... Uh, yeah, well, just... It's nice and quiet out here. I right. mean, that's why we're doing this interview. It's uh, uh, You just don't – you get away from it all, and then I can look over the valley here and see farmers farming, and, and uh, it's just a great location for me to be. Your background, uh, after you left farmer, you were co- uh, farming, you were a commodity broker. Uh, right. It went into the satellite dish business for a while. Uh, then you were director of sales at Superior Livestock Auction. And I remember watching this. That was the first live auction livestock auction uh yeah J- jim odell and buddy jeffers uh started superior livestock auction in 1987 right uh had this idea to, to uh, uh take these videotapes that they were uh, taking a cattle and putting them up on satellite and let people all over the country bid uh, of course they got a lot of criticism up, up from some folks but uh it's turned out to be you know better for the seller better for the buyer right. better for everybody uh, and, and I was proud to be associated with Superior for about eight years. If it wasn't for Superior Livestock Auction, and especially Jim Odell, mm-hmm. uh, there'd be no RFD-TV because uh, they supported me when when uh, when we were broke and just had this dumb idea for a rural <laughs> television network. Well, you know, and the culmination of all those experiences was the basis of RFD-TV. And I understand you quite literally edited, edited the television uh, program in your garage. Yeah, that's how we got started. I spent eight years trying to do it the normal way and raise <laughs> money from uh, investment bankers and got laughed out of everywhere we went. Everybody said that farmers don't watch TV, you'll never get on cable, there's not enough advertising support, uh, which were all legitimate uh, criticisms because we weren't on the air. But uh, got our big break from a dish network in um, in uh, late 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a slot open up for a public interest channel, and we just we formed a nonprofit and, and applied that way, where we didn't have to have twenty, thirty million dollars to start. Could kind exactly. of prove the uh, the concept. Uh, we got uh, accepted. Uh, Charlie put us on the main satellite, and the rest, as they say, is history. We got on Directv about a year later under the same conditions, and then all of a sudden, cable companies started calling up and saying. Uh, who are you guys? We're getting a lot of requests from from you for RFD TV, especially from like Mediacom Cable in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were the first to call us up and uh, flew up, met them, and and um, was on Mediacom the, the the about a month later. So, well, what a lot of people may not realize, except for the fact that the show disappear at RFD TV, uh, we had joint interests with Successful Farming Magazine and RFD TV. It's been we're going to start our 11th season in November with this, now the successful farming television show. And you invited us to come in with our... Well, I, I got a lot of uh, help from a lot of great folks in the media business, but none more so than uh, than Tom Davis. Oh, yes, uh, yeah. At Successful Farming. Tom was a big supporter and, and uh, 
yeah, we did some things together there to start with, and and uh, he gave me some advice on on launching our own magazine, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. So yeah, we've always had a great relationship with with everybody at Successful Farming, and and really appreciate it. Well, and it's been a great relationship. We certainly enjoy being able to do even a better job delivering good content and helpful information that make farming more profitable as well as enjoyable. And that's been through RFD-TV that we've been able to do that, plus well, our other sites. The unique position that we're in is um, we really – our goal is to, of course, serve the needs and interests of rural America. But number two is to reconnect city with country again. And that's what really binds – our company with successful farming, with Farm Journal, with uh, right. uh, everybody else that's, that's out there. We're all on the same team. Yes, we and, are. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody really sees us as competing with each other uh, in this arena. There's just a real unselfish attitude out there. And, and uh, so we do everything we can to, to promote your magazines and other folks' mm-hmm. magazines uh, on our on our network. And, and uh and all of us get together to, to really help take our message to connect with the folks in the urban areas. I think that's what I'm most proud of now, being in all these homes and, and adding all the homes we've added in the last year. With Charter, we added 12 million new homes. Uh, DirecTV put us on their mobile service, DirecTV now, uh, getting on Sirius XM radio. A lot of folks in, in the urban areas are getting some exposure mm-hmm. to agriculture through the programs we're doing, the programs that Successful Farming's doing, and, and other folks are doing, and and it's 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 got people thinking a little bit, uh, connecting a little bit, connecting a little bit, which I think is important, uh, especially when that next farm bill rolls around to get passed, and and uh, and we're going to need uh, uh, understanding from urban congressmen and senators too. Well, talk about that for a moment. You're, you are one of the leaders in agriculture today. Just considering the reach that you have into the farms and ranches of not only the United States and in Canada, but also into the homes of consumers that you have, what are some of the challenges that are going to be faced in agriculture, both today and into the future? Well, it's feeding all the people. Uh, every, everybody's pretty consistent. There's going to be 9 billion people on this planet in the year 2050. There's land being taken out of production every day for a new strip mall or, or something else. I mean, this it's two worlds really colliding, and and uh, you know I think that's that's the biggest challenge. You know, uh, I think there was a a time until recently where a lot of uh, young people were leaving the farms and going to town, and and I think that's really starting to turn around with the great work that FFA is doing and 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 some of the companies are doing. There's a that that's going to be the biggest challenge in the future is is how are we going to feed nine billion people with less land, less water, uh, more restrictions. Um, so, I, I like what I see with people connecting about, you know, really caring now where their food comes from, where, and you know how it's grown and 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 everything else. So, hopefully that that'll keep going. And and uh, uh, again, we want to by being in these urban homes, if something happens. Uh, if something unfortunate happens, like, for example, another mad cow scare or right. something like that, it won't just be urban media covering it from an urban perspective. We'll have and, our angle on And the sensationalizing it. Yeah, there's another uh, – there'll be another angle. One of the proudest moments in RFDTV's history was in 2003 with the mad cow scare. Right. We had Secretary Veneman on. 
we had uh, President of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association on, and they're all, you know, putting out the real facts about this, right. how it wasn't a threat to the public and so on. And, and uh, so we're ready to do that if it ever happens again. Well, part of your efforts, which have been so admirable and uh, unselfish, is the way you've supported FFA. You gave the largest uh, non-restricted amount of money to the FFA, $1 million uh, from uh, rural media group uh, and other contributions over the years you feel very strongly about ffa yes i do and, and uh i mean anybody that goes to their national convention no. or gets involved with these young people and the attitude that's there it, you, you want to support that yeah fortunately we're in a position to to make a large donation we've gotten every break in the world in the last 16 years when anytime we've needed something the sky opens up and Yes, you know, out drops the right person or, or <laughs> sponsor or, or something like that. So, uh, yeah, we're we're all about the future, and and, and the future is, uh, you know, FFA as far as agriculture. Uh, we broadcast our convention each year. Mm-hmm. The the most satisfying emails I get, and I still read e- every email that comes into RFD TV, is folks from the urban areas that just happen to stumble across our programming during FFA convention week. And they're just, they're blown away. They, they had no idea that there were young people out there that, that said, yes, sir, and no, ma'am. And, yeah. and uh, uh, you know, we're, we're really uh, positive and, and, and working hard and, and trying to create a future. And, and, uh, and then they write and say, how come our school doesn't have an FFA chapter? So exactly. we've been able to add to that. FFA membership's going up. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to see that. So, uh you know, we want to keep this going. Well, the thing about FFA, too, is it's attracting a lot of non-rural uh, kids into it, which we have to draw upon that to restock agriculture, so to speak. We need technicians, engineers, agronomists, uh, scientists in agriculture, and we're not going to be able to draw that from farms and ranches. Yeah, and, it, you know, as people, as young people, are exposed to agriculture and, and all the things that there are to do in agriculture, whether it's biotech or, right. you know, working for good companies like Monsanto and uh, Pioneer and, and mm. uh, so on. It, it's a tremendous career, and, and uh, there's no place better yet to raise a family than, than having a, <laughs> a, a farm or at least an acreage in the country. Right. Um, so, yeah, we're trying to make that connection. It, it's not all, you know, it, it, the, the old hay bales and... And, and no feature in rural America. We really believe in rural America, so we want to promote it. Talk about the connection between you, – you've worked very hard to try to establish and you continue to do, though, and you mentioned it before with the mad cow uh, scare that we'd had, and that is the connection with food and the consumer, agriculture and the consumer. This is something you've been keenly interested in, trying to get that message out to consumers. There, yeah, put, put, putting a face on agriculture, I think, is the, the most important. We. We get a lot of great material from uh, state farm bureaus, from national farm bureau, from national cattlemen, from pork producers, corn growers, wheat growers, soybean growers, are all sending us videos now and putting a face on on their producers. And, and I think that's really the message that really needs to get across to urban folks. That it's not corporate farms out there. It's it's you know well over ninety eight percent, ninety nine percent family owned. Exactly. Uh, operations. They care about the land. They care deeply about the animals that they raise. Uh, that's their livelihood. And they're not out there polluting the land or, or being abusive to animals. And, and uh, they've got families. They've got kids. 
Um, they're drinking the same water from their well that's on on their farm and ranch. And, and uh, it, again, there's just there's been such a disconnect between rural and urban America here over the last 20 years. And when we were growing up, everybody had a mom and dad had a farm, or grandma and grandpa had a farm. There's a lot of connection to to rural America. Television was uh, was you know had a lot of rural mm-hmm. uh, type themed programs. It sure on. did, right? Uh, westerns were popular. Uh, it everybody's really gotten away from that here in the last twenty thirty years. And the thing that we find is RFD TV, quite frankly, is more popular in the urban areas than it is in rural America because there's so many folks that are displaced from the farm and ranch, and and we're that tie. And them tuning in and, and seeing one of our antique tractor shows or, you know, and hearing a, a, a John Deere two-cylinder, you know, pop or a Farmel startup, it brings back all these memories uh, to those folks of, of just a great time uh, when they were growing up, too. It's making that cross-connection and, and solidifying the relationship, which is so important for us to do in agriculture in the future. You face some challenge, no small challenges with the rural media group. And and a lot of this is this media consolidation that we're seeing. Are you even being held out of certain areas? Uh, first of all, i got to ask this in two questions. If someone listening to the podcast or watching this video is not getting RFD-TV, what, they, what can they do to get it, to put pressure on their provider? Well, that was, that was the old days, really, uh, where you had to... Um, call your local cable company and ask the great thing about technology and what's happening now is we really aren't prevented from getting into any home now with streaming by through streaming through uh, amazon fire sticks through uh, uh, roku through uh, hulu and right and everything else that, that's coming out there so no one's really prevented direct tv now on, on the cell phone i mean you don't even need a cable anymore right uh to watch us or, or a satellite uh, system so that's the good news, but uh, yeah, we've we've uh, it hasn't been easy being an independent channel. is not easy to begin with. Being a rural independent channel <laughs> is is like being the redheaded stepchild uh, of the family. So yeah, our biggest challenge with cable companies, and really with some advertisers, is the disconnect there between urban America and rural mm-hmm. America. All these cable companies are controlled. You know, by people sitting up on the 31st floor in, in <laughs> Manhattan or Philadelphia uh, or Los Angeles. Right. And, and they're just not uh, connected. And that's not being critical of, of, of any one company. I mean, we're, we have that problem even with some uh, pickup truck company. You'd think every pickup truck company you in the would, world you? <laughs> would be all over our network. I mean, we've got uh, uh, proof and demographics that show our average viewer has four or five uh, pickup trucks. And, and right. uh, you know, you. We'd walk into some of those, and they'd say, "Well, we, we reach that audience through football, or you know, it's just there, there's just a real disconnect." So, yes. But on on the other hand, people like uh, Dish Network and Directv, uh, who do business in rural America, they've always gotten it. Right. We've always gotten great support from them. Uh, Charter Communications, who's based in St. Louis, Missouri, mm-hmm. who bought uh, Time Warner and uh, and Bright House Cable here about a year ago. Mm-hmm. The first thing they did. We weren't on Time Warner and Bright House cable systems. The first thing they did after they took over is oh. put RFD TV on. So they put us in 150 new cities, exactly, uh, all over the country. Added 12 million new homes. So, um, well, it's a long-winded answer to your question, right. but 
No. Our challenge has always been to educate people and, and the ones that really don't have a connection with with rural America. It's our job to to really show them why it's important for an, an urban-clustered cable company or an urban-centered uh, uh, any kind of company right. to, to uh, be connected with rural America. The uh, most recent election in 2016 mm-hmm. uh, helped wake a lot of people up because it really was rural America that... Uh, Weighed in and, and made it Weighed in and, and made the difference, uh, was the difference maker between who got elected and who didn't. The one thing about Rural Media Group, as I've studied it over the years, it just never sits still. You're always initiating. One of the, uh, the great programs you've had uh, recently, it's in the second season, is Farm Her, which is about women in agriculture. Right. And uh, this is a program everybody should watch. Could you describe it a bit for us to encourage us to get out yeah, I mean, farmers something I'd been again. I read all the emails, and folks wanted more programming uh, that featured women in agriculture, and it just never found the the right combination. And then we came across Margie, yes, and what she was doing in, in uh, Iowa with her with her camera, and it was just a, you know, that's it. Yeah. What you want to do a show, um, and that's the, the way a lot of our programming's gotten started. Mm-hmm. You, you say we're always moving; we're just scratching the surface of what we could be doing. Uh, really, with our channel and, and yeah, it 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 all usually comes down to economics and being able Certainly. to afford it. And, and as we get more and more sponsors, which we have been getting uh, recently, and and get into more and more homes, that's just making more and more things possible. Right. So uh, um, there's so much more that that we uh, can be doing. We're looking to launch another channel here in July. Well, you called the Cowboy that. Channel. Yes. Um, which is a, really an offshoot of, of our Western sports efforts here mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. We've been we started our own rodeo at AT and T Stadium, uh, the American, the American, which is the largest single one day payout uh, in rodeo. We've been able to get a, a lot of sponsors for that event. We've been doing uh, Western sports on radio every mm-hmm. day. We've been doing Western sports on Wednesdays on RFD TV. So um, it's just a natural for us. You know we. All the urban-based sports channels cover every sport in the world except rodeo, rodeo. and bull riding and, right. and reining and cutting and team roping and and all the great uh, things that so many folks with rural ties uh, participate in and, and watch. Yeah. So uh, we're really looking forward to, to, to launching that. I think two channels now uh, coming together is going to help help Certainly. both channels where, where one can be promoting the other and, and – uh, just give us more and more options, and so why not? The other thing is uh, uh, international. The, yeah. the one thing that I've right. I've really been fortunate to travel the last five six years mm-hmm. and go to Brazil and see what they're doing uh, with agriculture. And there's five channels down there in Brazil that are devoted to agriculture. Yes, I was going to we we have an effort with successful farming in Brazil now that we've launched as well in the last two to three years. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, they have five networks that cover agriculture. Yeah, and they're all owned by the big boys. I mean, all the – it'd be like uh, ABC and NBC and oh. CBS owning ag stations here. So they're serious is, about agriculture. They're, they're really – they're much more in tune with, with, uh, with their, their rural uh, people and, and the importance of agriculture uh, 
uh, in their country. And you've crossed over borders. You have, of course, rural radio goes into Canada. You have distributions, certainly, now with RFD-TV into Canada. So right. you've been international in a sense, so they're, they're good friends. Are you also looking beyond going into Europe then to English? Yeah, we, we tried uh, in 2008. We launched uh, Rural TV. Oh. And um, it, it didn't really work out. But again, I think technology and what's going on now with, with uh, right. being able to go international. We're, we're just getting ready to launch on Am- Amazon uh, Fire Sticks, uh, our Rural TV, and that'll mm-hmm. go into Germany and Japan and, and everywhere else there. Again, I think it comes down to. Who's going to feed? How are we going to feed right. nine billion people uh, in in thirty years? In thirty short years, and right. I again, I think to do that, I think countries are going to have to be working together. Farmers and ranchers are going to have to be working right. together. The thing that I've found is that the same values that we have in our country in rural America are the same values they have in rural Brazil. They they they're family owned. They care deeply about the land. They care. So much about the animals that they raise, and and you know they're trying to figure and, out how to how to feed right. a, a world that that a lot of places are still starving. Yeah, they're hardworking and they're family oriented, which kind of reminds you to ask that a rural media group is a family affair, isn't it for you? Yeah, not by design. I mean, we <laughs> we, we couldn't give away the stock twenty years ago. Nobody wanted any. So yeah, my family all wound up with it, um, but. My daughter, two oldest daughters are, are involved uh, right. uh, with the business, and, and you know I didn't think they were paying attention when they were sitting on the floor while we were <laughs> editing programming, but they were, and they're, they're really s- smart and sharp and and taking an interest. So yeah, it's uh, you know we we, uh, we really take what we do seriously, and I don't need to get too uh, emotional here about it, but. Uh, there needs to be a network for rural America. So we never launched this to sell out to somebody, uh, make a bunch of money, and, and just have somebody take over our mm-hmm. our channel space like they did with uh, the Nashville network and change it into another network. Right. I think I'm, I feel strongly that there needs to be a television network devoted to rural America and featuring agriculture. Nobody else is going to start one. You couldn't start this today right? Uh, under any, no matter how much money you had. So they're, they're, you know, we want to keep that going. Like I said, we've been we don't really owe anybody any money because nobody would loan us any. <laughs> um, so we can stay family oriented and and keep expanding. Uh, we watch what we do, but as more and more uh, money becomes available or comes into the company, we're looking for ways to Spend to out. do things that that uh, we aren't doing right now. So it's it's a it's fun getting up in the morning. I hate to go to bed at night because there's there's just some something more we could be doing tomorrow so the gosh family is going to be involved with rural broadcasting for some time to come i i hope so yeah i hope the girls continue to have their interest in it um we got a lot of employees too that are just as passionate about it as we are so i mean it's really set up well you know i can tell when somebody really wants to go to work for us it's they're not really talking about money or Right. Uh, but they're talking about this passion that they've got to uh, be involved with media, serving right. farmers, ranchers, and folks in rural America and on equine. It's not unusual. Certainly, okay. the, you talked about the rural base, and you know, 
we're fortunate to be able to work for Successful Farming Magazine, which just seems to be a smattering. It just farm kids that show up and work hard and work right. diligently. We're always looking. So there's that continuity that comes with that, and, and having those agricultural uh, roots, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's really important. You can you can teach somebody how to run a camera <clears throat> or, uh, or or flip a switch on a radio network. Or but, talk in front of a camera in my case. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the ones that really have the ag background, the rural background, and right. really know uh, what it's like to, to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and feed cattle or, or be uh, uh, harvesting uh, corn or soybeans on, on a fall night uh, in the dark. You know, that just it makes a big difference. You can't teach that. No, you can't. You, you own something that is just particularly fascinating for me or anybody of my age group since we grew up with Roy Rogers and Dale oh. Evans. And that's you have Trigger and Bullet. And buttermilk. Oh, and buttermilk, too. I didn't know that. Yeah, we picked up buttermilk a couple of years and, ago. And uh, now you took it on tour. And I took it on tour, saying, yeah. It's a, it's, I don't know how much time you got, but yeah. it's just another one of those deals where I started getting emails from viewers one day that said, you got to save Trigger. Oh, I hope so, yes. Yeah. What are you talking about? Save Trigger. <laughs> and found out there was an auction at Christie's oh, the next okay. day, and they were going to auction off Trigger. So we, we called them up and... and uh, or I got a hold of the family, right. or Roger's family. Marty Stewart knew him mm-hmm. and said, uh, don't have your auction. We'll, you know, we can't see it split up. And right. uh, they said, now we got to have the auction. So uh, we wound up setting our sights on getting Trigger the next day and wound up getting that. And then uh, uh, Bullet was going the next day, so we had to keep the two buddies together. Certainly. But, but then after I got him, I got thousands of emails from people saying thank you for buying trigger and bullet right. when can we come see them well i was just going to ask and it was like oh no <laughs> people going to want to come see them so um, since we didn't have a place to put them in we said all right we'll do the a tour oh and call sure. it the happy T- trails tour so we went around the country went to the national cattlemen's convention mm-hmm. and and uh, uh wrangler national finals in, in vegas and right AARP convention and and just put them on display and it was just a just a really moving thing. People'd come around the corner, they'd see them and you'd, and tears would start coming out of yeah. their eyes. It's just amazing the the memories that that they have. <laughs> and then just as, like I said, the sky opens up and out comes what we need. Uh, we didn't have any plan or marketing plan or anything mm-hmm. else like that. And uh, found out came to our attention that the next year was going to be Roy Rogers 100th. Uh, birthday, right? Uh, had he had he lived, so we did a float in the rose parade every year and, and uh, approached them. We wanted to put trigger and bullet in it, right. and um, everything had to be covered with flowers. So we needed an, an exemption. We went to them and said, "It's Roy's hundredth birthday. Right. How about putting trigger and bullet in?" And uh, they said, "Yes, you, that's a great idea." Roy <laughs> and Dale were uh, in the parade twelve times and grand right. marshals in nineteen seventy seven. They go. Let's get a hundred palominos <laughs> and have it lead the lead the float down, and it can be the oh, finale, right. grand finale to the parade. It was oh. just yeah. And so we called up the Rogers family and and Roy Junior and Dusty mm-hmm. got up. They sang Happy Trails. Oh, I do all remember the way, this. all the way down. And I tuned in just for that reason. So. We had twenty rows of, of five palomino. We could have had ten thousand palominos oh, when it. when the word got out. But that's just an example of, of uh, I think, if you do things right for the right reasons, things happen. Uh, they're in Fort Worth right now, 
and um, we're looking to expand into Fort Worth, into the mm-hmm. stockyards. They're doing some developing down there. With our new channel, the Cowboy Channel, we're right. looking to have that serve as the base for oh, a lot of our— what a great place, down in the stockyards. Down there. in the stockyards. Right. And so um, I'm guessing that Trigger, Bullet, and Buttermilk are going to be have right. a prominent uh, uh, display in the Fort Worth stockyards on a permanent basis here in about a year. So I have to ask you, are you in the trail of Lulu, the, the, the Jeep? Uh, boy, that's a, really a coincidence. I think it was called Lulu Bill. Nellie Bill. Nellie Bill. Nellie Bill. That's right. Yeah, that's a coincidence. You brought that up. I got an email from the gal that owns it. Oh my! And she emailed me yesterday and said she wanted to sell it. Well, I think that has to add to it. Oh, all of us remember Nellie Bill. I'd love to get <laughs> all his stuff and put it back. It was just a shame that that yes museum that had they to had be. to close down. Right. Yeah. It's just yeah. But, you know, this is the neat thing about what you're doing and preserving the Americana, the rural Americana that comes with it. And a great deal of us certainly appreciate that. So we'll keep you, we'll keep everybody informed about how that happens in Fort Worth and when it opens up. I'll, I'll just come and do a story on it and we'll just get the Thank word you, out. We love what you do all the time, have for a long time. Well, you've given us a great platform to reach out. All right. Thanks, Steve. Well, thank you. This is great. I'm glad we came over. Thanks again for tuning in to the Successful Farming Podcast. I want to thank Dave Moitz for conducting that interview. I also want to, of course, thank Patrick Gotch for agreeing to sit down with us and, and talk to us. He's a very gracious, uh, gracious host, and uh, we really appreciate it. And hopefully we can get back there again to get an update on, on some of the things he was talking about, the uh, Cowboy Channel and, and, and other stuff. So make sure you visit agriculture.com slash podcast. You can find links to... RFD TV's website and information about some of the things that you heard in this interview. You can also find information about other episodes of Successful Farming. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, on Google Play, and if you have any feedback or suggestions or questions or comments or ideas for future episodes, give us a shout out on email by sending a note to podcast at agriculture.com. And again, you can follow me on Twitter at Jason Meeker can follow successful farming on twitter at successful farm and i guess that's it we'll see you again next time on another successful farming podcast see ya